This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Hi everyone, welcome to Hope and Health. I'm Dr. Michelle. And I'm Dr. Mark. And we're so glad you're here with us this shiny, bright, happy day. I know, right? So uh, every day is a bright, shiny, happy day when you got this one next to you. <laughs> and this one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're glad you joined us. We're grateful that you would choose to be here. Remember, uh, last week we talked, I missed my sidekick last week. Yes, I. you know, you know sometimes you just can't be everywhere <laughs> in the same place at all times. It's just... That's unusual for us, though, isn't it? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> I did the best I could. Hopefully, you uh, enjoyed sure your, you yourselves, you guys. Um, we we talked about this thing called heart disease, and uh, boy, what a what a problem it is in our society. Mm, it is a huge problem. In fact, it still mm. remains the number one killer. Number one. Number no, no. At the top of the list, it is, and it's like so crazy sad because uh, if you remember, we started off with a four-part series, and last week we talked about parts one and two, and this week we're going to conclude the series with parts three and four, and we're going to try to, you know, give you a nice bite-sized uh, piece of this thing, but it's really interesting to understand, you know, where we've we've traveled from. You know, when you look at this whole definition of the problem we looked mm. at last time, we showed you some statistics that were kind of shocking, and so, and we saw that it was the number one uh, killer, and and we also showed you that you know it we're growing diseases faster than oh, the population. Than our population, and I find wow. that's just tragic. That is tragic yeah. because we have more heart disease in today's day than we do health. Yeah, and and you know we again, there's a couple things that happen right here. Number one is we we stopped seeing the life expectancy increase. That stopped the last couple of years. We went down and regressed to two point five years. Now that's the same time we're also seeing increase in disease prevalence. So that means that we're living less, getting sick longer, and staying well less. Yeah, so now, we're people sicker caught longer. that. That's mm. crazy, you know. Uh, when our problems we were talking about last week, someone you know has a heart attack or dies every thirty-four seconds. Somebody has a heart attack every forty seconds. Six hundred ten thousand people die every year of heart disease. Boy, six hundred ten thousand—that's over. It's crazy Half a million people. And we, of course, we try to do the low-fat diet, you know, and the statin mm, drugs, and, and, those, and those don't obviously work. Don't work. We talked about you know some of the reasons they don't, and some of the statistical trickery. That a lot of the big pharma people will do, and you remember the the relative risk versus absolute risk. And I want you to really go back and look at that uh, episode last week if that's you don't, because that's pretty good. So you know, in part one, we talked about that definition of problems. We just made a quick review of that. Part two, we talked about the real causes and culprits, and we introduced this idea called endothelial inflammation. A lot of people never yes, heard of that. Those are like shingles on the inside of your vessels, and if they get yep. lifted up, boy. <laughs> that's huh. when plaque formation can start to occur. Then we had a little bit of fun with you. We used some uh, caricatures and things like that. Ronald McDonald, and we used uh, uh, Burger King, and, and we talked about <laughs> Ronald McDonald getting too fat to chase you down. And we talked about, uh, instead of Little Deb, we talked mm -hmm. about Little Diabetes. Remember that one? And we talked about diet soda being as bad as meth and, and some of the, the commercials that it's tell you health nope. food is really horrible and how that, you know, even some of the, you know, companies have came up with dolls such as the Krispy Kreme Barbie, that little chubby Barbie, and we talked about that and how the the, the hospitals will feed you food that actually is going to make you worse and, and damage this idea of endothelial inflammation. So it's kind of crazy to think about the idea that we're 
really trying to help people, but yet at the same time, we're doing things to hurt them. It, it's a little bit curious. So we're going to jump right in here and give you uh, beginning of part three. So that's a very quick review of part one and two. Part three, we're going to talk about this idea of proper measurables. And this is a big deal because we really need to figure out what we're going to do about this idea called heart disease. And so seriously, what can we do to sort of kill the number one killer? Isn't it just a wonderful thing to know that we actually can do something about this number one killer? First thing would be to understand your individual risk markers by proper evaluation of your laboratory markers. We must measure these and we must understand them. Well, certainly, and one of the greatest markers is this thing right here we see. This is going to be body composition. Yeah, with body composition, you know, it's really important to know what you're made up of. You want to get away from simple scale weight and this thing called body mass index. That is broken because, you know, if Mark and I both look obese, even though our body fat is less than 15% at all times. Normal body fat percentage for men is going to be between 10 and 20%. And normal body fat for women is going to range somewhere between 18 and 28%. And again, body uh, composition, forget the scale weight. That just really wears on me. I'm losing weight, I'm losing weight. People are getting more unhealthy because they're putting their attention on the wrong thing. And so when you think about what we should be doing, we should be focusing on this. This would be something that's called arteriology. You know, so, you know, these are the measurable to look at. And many measurable markers come into play. It's critically important to know and to measure the correct things that give you, the person, the patient, the individual, the information that you need to correct your heart your health, and your heart. Each of these represents an individual risk marker, and we oftentimes in the clinic dive into each one of these. And obviously, we're going to go over these just very quickly for you so you have an idea, because these are in our blood tests that we do, and you can get this done when you work with us. So F2 isoprostanes is uh, basically an oxidative stress marker that's required. Rashidonic acid is required by our body to make muscles and for basic functioning. But too much can be harmful, and it can drive the production of F2 isoprostanes, which is an oxidative stress marker. And too much oxidative stress, when it gets high, the blood vessels constrict. It may increase your blood pressure, promote blood clotting, resulting in a heart attack or stroke. This can also be elevated in the earliest stages of plaque development. So research shows that high levels of F2 isoprostanes, these individuals are 30 times more likely to develop heart disease. 30 times. That's a pretty good risk factor. So when you think about the F2 isoprostanes, here's a good way to look at how do you keep those in balance. So exercise is got to be occurring on a daily basis. For every day you want to eat, that's the amount of days that you need to exercise. Because a sedentary lifestyle, poor nutritional intake, and even smoking promote the production of F2 isoprostanes. Well, clearly we don't want to get that. And the next one we look at this idea of oxidized LDL. We, we should be looking at this all the time. Yes, oxidized LDL is LDL cholesterol that has been modified by this thing we called oxidation. It triggers inflammation, leading to the formation of plaque in the arteries, also known as atherosclerosis or hardening of the arteries. And, you know, we got to look at this marker, too, which is going to be called ADMA and SDMA. This is the thin layer. There's a thin layer of cells that line the inside of your blood vessels, and these cells are constantly in contact with the blood supply and therefore play an integral role in immunity, blood clotting, and the maintenance of blood pressure. However, when ADMA or SDMA 
They start getting out of balance. These are compounds that are made in your body as proteins are degraded and broken down. These reduce your body's ability to produce nitric oxide, a molecule that helps maintain a healthy endothelium. So elevated levels may identify reduced nitric oxide production and endothelial dysfunction or damage. And so obviously, when we look at this idea of nitric oxide, it's super important. And just a few functions here of nitric oxide, if you've never known this, here's what it does. Obviously, we look at the idea of it's going to help improve the dilation. It's going to help uh, reduce clotting. It's going to reduce inflammation in your in your cell walls. It's going to reduce the oxidation of LDL. We want to do that. It's going to reduce the, the wall thickening, and we, we're going to also... Uh, reduce any sort of this radical damage that we can have. So nitric oxide is a very important molecule that we should really be focusing on really all the time. And how do we get more of that? And we obviously we show people how to do that all the time. Another mark we look at here is this thing called microalbumin. And it's it's something that we do measure with urine. Oh, yes, a microalbumin. The quantifications of small amounts of albumin in the urine can identify microvascular integrity and endothelial dysfunction. So it may actually suggest the presence of endothelial systemic dysfunction, an early indicator of heart disease. It's a big deal because you look at this microalbumin and it's something we need to be, be looking at a lot more as we go forward. But a lot of times it's not measured too much in the urine at all and in different things. And another one we forget to kind of look at is this one right here called HSCRP. A CRP is produced in the liver when inflammation is present somewhere in your body. Traditionally, the CRP test has been used to identify the risk of infection or chronic inflammatory conditions. Now, there is a newer test available called high-sensitive C-reactive protein that measures small amounts of C-reactive protein in the blood, and it can actually indicate um, the development and progression of heart disease acting as a silent killer. And definitely it's, it's a big deal, some of these markers that we don't typically measure. Um, another thing we don't typically measure is this thing called LPPLA2, which is kind of shocking, but it's kind of like known as plaque 2. And plaque 2, when there is LPPLA2 evident, evidenced in your serum, that means that you've got hot lava formation in your blood vessel walls. Active plaque formation. So if you haven't checked these things and don't know anything about them, your doctor hasn't checked them, you know, it's time to really reach out to us and make sure you don't have heart disease going on. The final market we're going to talk about as far as proper measurables would be this thing called myeloperoxidase known as MPO. Have you heard of that one? MPO is an enzyme that's released by the white blood cells. It's kind of like bleach. It is in response to a crack, a fissure, an erosion that is happening in a vessel wall somewhere where that volcano, that lava is about to blow. Essentially, ending in a heart attack or stroke. And again, these markers are things we should be looking at. So we've we've given you in this section in part three uh, these proper measure, remember body comp, and then these proper blood markers. And if we're not measuring those, we are, we are missing the boat just horribly so. And we've, we've got to do better than this, folks, about that. And I don't understand sometimes why we're not measuring things. The typical LDL, HDL, cholesterol is not getting us there. So it's important that we get the right things measured so we can form the right plan to address it. So stay with us and we'll be right back. And we're going to give you in part four, the way to develop a successful protocol. We'll be right back. Hi, friends. Dr. Mark Sherwood here. And I'm Dr. Michelle Sherwood. Not everyone can make an appointment with us, but you can receive many of the same 
educational benefits our patients receive through our most comprehensive course, Health Secrets Exposed. Modern healthcare, or should we say sick care, is more focused on profit than your health. And in this course, you'll discover what sick care has been keeping from you all along. Here's a hint. You don't need more medication. You need the simple truths in this course to unlock optimal health. Health Secrets Exposed is usually $149. Now it's just $99 with your promo code. It's time for you to learn what Big Pharma doesn't want you to know. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use promo code HOPEHEALTH to receive this exclusive offer. Hey everyone, welcome back. We hope that you enjoyed the idea of proper measurables, talking about how to measure for heart disease progression and presence, etc. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to talk about this idea of how do you develop this successful protocol. So did you know that heart disease can be prevented and even reversed? Pretty cool, huh? Oh, absolutely. You know, we want to take control of our lives. We want to have longevity in our years, not just years in our life. Now, when we talked about the causes and culprits in last week's part two, you saw us have some fun with some caricatures. We reviewed that just a moment ago in part three, but really understand that this is a big deal. The best start step one towards any successful protocol to prevent and reverse heart disease is right here so that first things first nutrition and exercise 85 percent of your long-term outcome is tied to nutrition what's at the end of your fork we call that fork curls now guess what people guess what folks you cannot run your 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 fork you cannot run what's happening at the end of your fork the most important medical decision that you make every single day And about 15% is tied to activity, stress management, and life management, including sleep. Now, we also say that sitting is the new smoking. It is as detrimental to your body because you're not moving blood, oxygen, nutrients through your system if you're not moving. That is so true. And you think about this, you know, when if 85% of our long-term outcome is tied to nutrition, what are we supposed to eat? Well, here's a great list and place to start. So at the top of the list, you're going to see at least two fruits from the following choices. Low glycemic choices, berries, blueberries, boysenberries, strawberries, um, semi-ripe bananas, apples, and oranges. And when the body composition normalizes, other things can be added in. Appropriate healthy fats, avocados, olive oil, omega-3s, and get at least four to five cups of veggies. People have a tendency to avoid those green veggies, but get this, it takes more calories to burn them. And there are more nutrients in them than it takes to actually break them down. And folks, I'll tell you, there is absolutely no drug, no supplement, no procedure or prayer that's going to override the deadly effects of chronic ingestion of the standard American diet. And we see this all the time from God's people, and it wears me out. I don't understand. We we eat foods that actually promote sickness and say, God, fix it. It's crazy. And yet... We do it over and over again. And some of the foods that we eat are right here, and we call this good. Yes, we must to avoid these things, all sugars, uh, grains, breads, sweet treats, even things that are uh, like sodas, things that have artificial sweeteners in those. You know, the fast foods, the things that um, you, you come to your table and you have no idea what's in it. It's the right amount of saltiness, the right amount of sweetness so that you'll come back. You gotta avoid those fried foods 
things like MSG or monosodium glutamate, processed foods, meats, corn, soy, and yeast. All of these foods, they're inflammatory to the young and old all of the time. Well, they really are, and they're just not any good for you. I mean, it's interesting how they serve those, you know, like chips, chips and, and bread free and, at the restaurants. Mm-hmm. And they do that because they're addicting. And you tell people, even we do, we say, okay, you, you want to, where do I start? Where do you start? I've got heart disease. I've got type 2 diabetes. Where do I start? you got to stop right here and give up these things. They're people like, what? I can't do that. I don't want to do that. Jesus ate bread. You know, I hear those excuses all the time. Jesus did not eat the bread that... We have today. This bread that we have today is is demonic. I'll just tell you right now, it's the way it is. The federal government got a hold of it and they subsidized it. And this federal government that you all are complaining about all the time, about how they don't care about you, not doing their job, they did the same thing with food. So stop isolating your complaints and realize it's a broad-based complaints. The federal government is not designed to care for us as far as our health goes. It never was, never will be. So stop blaming it on them because we allowed it to happen. Think about what I just said, folks. Very important. Now, in the processed food, there's plenty of chemicals there you want to pay attention to. This is super important. A lot of times here, these chemicals are here, and they are absolutely shocking with what you see. So when you look here, you'll see things like hydrogenated oils or fractionated oils. You'll see, again, monosodium glutamate. That's a form of gluten in a preservative, and many people are highly allergic to that. There's corn, potassium benzoate, canola oils, acylflame K, enriched wheat, polysorbate 80, aspartame, propylene glycolate, potassium sorbate, sucralose, soy lecithin, and the list goes on. Well, that's a lot of stuff. If you if you don't know how to pronounce things like that. You see them back there, they're like multiple chemicals. I mean, probably not food. I don't see these things being hanging on a tree in the Garden of Eden. Just a thought. And I'm telling you, this is <laughs> kind of sad because we kind of blow it here, don't we? Yes, and what I like at the top of that slide is it says, be a sheep no more. Hmm. If you turn the labels over and you start to look at the ingredients and you can't pronounce the ingredients or you don't know what they are, it's likely they're not good for you. Yeah, if we eat well and avoid those unfoods that we talked about. Fruits. Under the fruits. Under the idea of reversing and preventing heart disease, we need to think about what we're doing as far as what proper supplementation should be taken. And you've heard us talk about this a lot. So this is what we want to look at right here is bare bones supplementation. This is what you've got to have. Bare bones. You got to have a complete multivitamin and mineral. uh, Vitamins and minerals, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, run the cellular processes at the cellular level. Vitamin DK. You got to have good vitamin D. Vitamin D is an antidepressant. It pulls calcium in from the gut to mineralize the bones, and his friend K2 tells it to go to the bones and not to the arteries. Omega-3s. Omega-3s are also good for the brain. They're good for taking down inflammation, and they're also good for every single solitary cell in your body, including your brain. Those of you that have been following us long enough know that we like to do genetic testing, and certain individuals are more likely to add things like a methylated B-complex. They may actually need an extra magnesium-buffered chelate or glycinate, or even a little bit of coenzyme Q10 over the top of that to improve those cellular processes. And it's very important to really understand that supplementation cannot override or overtake the bad diets. I just gave you a a litany of things that it can't do, right? So 
But what can it do? It can complete what's missing. And the supplements should be supplementing a diet as opposed to supplanting a diet. There's a lot of companies out there today that are just selling supplements and not talking about what we have to do behind it. Did you know if you're eating poorly, what does that do to digestion? If you're eating poorly, it bogs down digestion. It actually can disrupt the normal flora that is part of your immune system and part of your digestive processes right in your own intestinal tract. So that means if you're eating poorly and taking supplements, you probably are not even digesting those things. And so uh, a lot of people say, gut. yeah, it's, it's expensive urine. It, yeah, it really is. And so I want you to kind of catch the idea. You can't do one without the other. Honestly, if you're going to eat poorly, just don't do anything. I mean, really, if you if you choose to do that, there's no reason to spend your money on supplements mm, that, because you right. might as well save it because you're going to need it for the catastrophe at the doctor's office, the, the surgery that will, is bound to happen. Because, look, we've told you the culprits that caused heart disease. Heart disease, again, 610,000 people per year. Someone dies every 34 seconds. Mm. Someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds in America. It's crazy between 2,000 and 2,500 people every day across our nation have heart attacks or strokes. We are growing diseases faster than the population. We are living less time, being sick more often, and our well span or our optimum health span of life is shortening. We have got to pay attention to what we're doing here, folks. It is that big a deal. So make sure you hear what heart. And finally, it is important to understand a great remedy is going to include this. Exercise. Remember, sitting is the new smoking and sitting is toxic. Everybody should work to get about 150 minutes of moderate activity. Some people need to get their heart rate up a little higher to burn that spare tire around the middle. Uh, and Or... or you get 75 minutes of high-intensity activity on a weekly basis if you can't get that 150 minutes in there. The anaerobic threshold is... It's going to be 180 minus your age. You're going to get that number. That's going to be your anaerobic threshold. So what that looks like is everything above that makes sense. You're going to be without oxygen. So that would be anaerobic. Anything below that, you're going to have the opportunity to have more oxygen. Mm -hmm. That will make it aerobic. In other words, I have oxygen capability, oxygen present. So aerobic with oxygen, anaerobic without oxygen. So 180 minus your age gives you the anaerobic threshold. So you probably should be somewhere, but you know, during week time, you know, this is dividing between, you, you can look back at our, our information there. Below that anaerobic threshold would be in the moderate activity which is in the 150 minutes a week target zone. Above that anaerobic threshold would be in the aerobic or be the anaerobic um, range, and that would characterize as high intensity. So that's how you can kind of tell the difference between the two. Just know that we've got to have both going on per week. So we've talked about good nutrition, good supplementation, and good exercise. Those are the answers. That's the protocol right there. And it works every that's time, right. doesn't it? Preventing and reversing heart disease. So there you go. One. That's a one, two, three, four part approach over the last couple of weeks that you guys can go back and listen to over and over again. And want you to make sure that you really get this because heart disease does not have to be the number one killer anymore. We've just given you a remedy. We've defined it for you. We've talked about the real causes. We've talked about how you measure it. we talked about how to fix it. Reach out to us if we can help you prevent that and even reverse it. We want to see you healthy and whole because in these final days, you got to be able to not have sickness as a distraction. We hope you've enjoyed. Hope and health. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.
Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv 